Roller skating rinks in Laramie, Wyoming. It could be, who knows. That's where our next guest is coming from. I'm still just perplexed why Tim Brando is in Laramie, Wyoming, because we've got a football game. we got two undefeated. That's the only thing that I could put together with that. He'll be there. Fox Sports Saturday Night College Football, the one and only Timmy Brando. What is going on, my friend? I'm this interview with you because it is, uh, it is beautiful here at War Memorial Stadium. You know, there are a couple of War Memorial Stadiums, some from the past, some from the present. There was one in Buffalo, you might recall, one in Little Rock, Arkansas, and there's a War Memorial. Uh, I, love, I love saying War Memorials. It's something, you know. Uh, this is just gets by uh, testosterone. I'll, I'll give you one too from the basketball perspective. USF War Memorial Gymnasium, home of the Dons. There you go. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, uh, actually, Wyoming has lost the game, but it was to the number one team in the country, and they were tied ten to ten <laughs> in the fourth quarter. Texas. You could argue that Wyoming played Texas better than Alabama did. In fact, they did. You wouldn't be lying. You'd be telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Fresno State's legit, big-time legit. And uh, Tedford's got them playing at a very high level. And I believe this ultimate fly-in-the-ointment championship game on Saturday night on Big Fox <laughs> will determine who from the uh, group of five will be in a New Year's Six Bowl, without a doubt. Winner of this game, mark it down. Brando said this way back on October the 5th, Okay. <laughs> I said that on October the 5th, yes. and, it began, and it came to fruition. So uh, just mark it down. I'm telling you, it's true. Numchuck, you're writing uh, it down. You marked it down. October 5th, Timmy <laughs> B said it. It's there. There it yeah. is. Right right, right next right. to right next to one of his uh, his favorite song introductions on the show. You mark it down. Oh, by the way, congratulations. <laughs> it was a unanimous vote that uh, we were looking for the MVP of the T.C. Martin Show Song Fest, and it was you. Right. It was you. Because not only your song selection, but you came in and, you know, some people thought, well, wait a minute, Timmy B should be disqualified because he is a professional DJ. You know, I mean, you came in, you hit the post. Some people wanted you DQ'd. You know, I never missed the post when talking over the intro of a, of a record's vocal. I, it's never happened. Yeah. It, it's like taking a 10 count going off the air yeah. or taking a 10 count coming on the air. You do not screw that up. Certain things you just do not screw up. Okay. You, you don't screw up your wedding night. You don't screw up a 10 count. Okay. You just don't. Period. End of story. And by the way, Saturday, October 7th, as I'm here at War Memorial Stadium calling this uh, Fly in the Ointment Championship (laughs) between the two non-Power 5 top teams of the Mountain West, Uh, it will be uh, Terry B. and Timmy B.'s 45th wedding anniversary. Wow. Wow. How about that? Congratulations. And And where did I meet her? Okay, I met her at the, War uh, Memorial Stadium. At some War <laughs> Memorial Stadium, <laughs> I met her in the lobby of a of a downtown building in Shreveport, Louisiana, called the Petroleum Tower. Imagine that the oil and gas industry in Northwest Louisiana. Uh, as I was going up to the seventh floor to be a disc jockey on FM Rock ninety four and a half K R O K, and she was selling gold for a brokerage firm, the Richard Johnson brokerage. And she had a, she had a uh, glass in 
our office. So you could not go into this downtown building and go to the elevator and go up to your office, no matter what you did for a living, without seeing her. And let's just say, okay, there was plenty of competition, okay, among the men in the 70s to get her attention. And yours truly won out. Okay. I won out. I, I don't know. I, I think that you out kicked your coverage there with Terry D. That's what I think. Yes, you know. yes, yes I did. Yeah. Yes, I did. No doubt about it. Well, congratulations no doubt to about both it. of you. You guys. know this? Especially this. Here's, here's one for you. Speaking of 70s and 80s and country rock crossovers from that era, did you know that in the first five minutes of the new Tanya Tucker doc on Netflix, Jimmy B is on that is on that documentary. Wait, Did I, you know that? Wait, are you talking about the one the, the HBO one or was it Showtime? One of those two? No, no, no. this wait. is the Netflix one. Uh, no. This is the new one on you know about her incredible that documents her year in 2019 when she came back after a 17 okay, year that hiatus, one. I think that it. one. Right, 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 right. I didn't see. And it. it's uh, it's outstanding. Brandy Carlisle, you know the, the the she was the one that brought her back with mm-hmm. you know the music that won her the Grammy. Yeah, for best song, all that. Yeah. So I mean. She was performing at the 94 Super Bowl, and I was working for Turner and also working for Sports South, which became, uh, at that particular time, that regional sports cable network, a carrier for something the NFL called the Super Bowl Channel that they put in place at the Atlanta Convention and Exposition Center that I hosted round the clock for basically a week, Super Bowl week. And they were using it as a test pattern, really, for what would later become the NFL Network. Right. And I had all these celebrities coming on the show, past players in the NFL, past coaches, current players, you name it. It was like being on Radio Row for the Super Bowl, only it was television, and the NFL had a stake in it, so we got the creme de la creme. And uh, she was going to perform in some capacity at that Super Bowl, and I got to introduce her, and, um, and, and I'm on it. Literally, I come out of nowhere. Just had calls from, I tell you, uh, gave me the heads up on it. Kenny Wayne Shepard's dad, Shotgun Ken Shepard, who was the uh, program director at K Rock when I was the music director, and went to the same high school as me, uh, Fair Park High, back in, I think he got out four years before I did, so he was class of 70. And he just called me up from his home in Nashville and said, Brando, it's your big brother. What the hell are you doing on the Tanya Tucker dock? <laughs> it was the actual footage, right? I mean, the actual footage of a young yeah. Timmy B, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I was 38. I mean, it right. was 1994. Right, true. Yeah. So, yeah, I wasn't young, young, but right. I was certainly a lot younger than I am now. <laughs> uh, and, I would, and I would submit, I don't look that much different. As a matter of fact, I probably weigh less now after I've lost 45 pounds than I did uh, in that particular video. so Oh, that uh, must see. That's and, must God see knows, and God knows I've spent money on on uh, just for men and makeup. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So speaking of that, flashbacks and stuff. Okay, so yesterday, yeah, yeah. Uh, as we do a lot here, the big seven-footer, the big Bill Cartwright, we were talking, and we said, mm-hmm. well, you got a, you got an anniversary coming up. Do you do you know that? And his first game in the NBA as a member of the New York Knickerbockers was, uh, you know, is coming up here in a couple of days. And we said, uh-huh. do you remember that game? And he goes, I have no idea what you're talking about. 
And I said, you had a great game. You're playing for the Knicks. You guys lost to the Hawks, scored 22 points. He was 9 for 10, or what, 10 for 11 at the free throw line. And I said, you played 37 minutes. You know, your first round draft pick. And he did not remember the game. He did not remember wow. his very first NBA game. So which now segues, as we go to the radio turn, right? Segues, does Timmy B remember either the first song that he played in your DJ days or your first game that you broadcast? Yes, well, that's easy. September 10th, 1971, Texas Street Stadium, now now Lee Hedges Stadium in Shreveport, on KLIC Radio, for Monroe, Louisiana's Neville High School. <laughs> old, hub, old Hub Brando and his son Tim, play-by-play in color, and we flip-flopped in the second half. I moved into the play-by-play role, and uh, Captain Shreve actually beat Neville, who went on to win state the following year, but... Uh, that was my first game, 1971. I was 14 years old. 14 years old, outstanding. Yeah, I was a few months away from turning 15, but I was a ninth grader, so I was still in junior high technically at that time. Now, did uh, did, did puberty kick in? Did you did you have these pipes? Uh, you know, at 14, not well, too many 14 year olds get on the radio. Case, well, just the, you know, puberty had uh, had begun to kick in. <laughs> uh, I was an athlete at that time, and I'd lost. I had um, I got the kiss a uh, kissing disease mononucleosis. Oh yeah, in the eighth grade, right? And I dropped about I dropped about forty pounds. I'm not I was sure I want to hear how you got mono. Oh, that's behind the anyway, bleachers uh, before yeah, the freshman mono. game or what? Hey, it helped me. It helped me pass algebra. My teacher was you know sympathetic, so it helped. But anyway, uh, I um, I called the game and I gave up playing football after the eighth grade because I knew I had a chance to do games with my dad on the radio. And uh, that started it all. And I've worked every, you know, during those years, I was doing Friday night football. People say, Brando, you got married in October. How'd you do that? And I said, well, I was working Friday night high school football back then. I, I you know, I didn't, uh, 1978, I had not quite gotten that college gig just yet. I was uh, only 22. So I worked every Friday until I started doing college football, which, uh, which happened in uh, 1982. So. You know that that's you know, that's an easy one for me to remember. Maybe. Absolutely, an easy one to remember. And my first uh, rock and roll radio song uh, on K Rock FM Rock ninety four and a half with Timmy B, the Weekend Boppin' Boogie Baby, was uh, one of my favorite all time tunes from Zeppelin. Trampled underfoot. Trampled under trampled underfoot. Oh my God! You got to dig deep on <laughs> that one. How was that? Da, 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 da. Uh, huh? How? How? I mean that that was your first song. You remember that? That was the first song I ever played. Wow! Here we go. And it would come up. Take us back. Take four and a half. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Reincarnate, Timmy. Go. Love. Do it, baby. I got more than talking about love, baby. Woo! You with weekend Bob and Boogie as a Brando on a Led Zeppelin weekend. <laughs> Oh my! Now, so this is not one like Stairway to Heaven where you could like uh, you know go do a little business uh, with the girly girl coming at the station or go down the street no. and get yourself a big gulp. I mean, this is no, little... but uh, trampled, trampled, trampled underfoot is a very powerful right? song where you can really kick it, you know, on the air. Yeah. And um, listen, I was uh, I was I was the summer of my senior year in high school before I went to college. 1974, summer of 1974, 75, and uh, that had just come out. It was hot. 
And by the way, uh, I was doing the um, I was doing the uh, two a.m. shift. You know, the two a.m. to six a.m. shift, right? Yeah. I mean, that's where you always start overnight. Right. Right. So you go out on the day. You go out on the day, and if it goes well. You pull a Martin Mull and FM, and you bring the girl up to the studio, man. Right, exactly. That's what you do. And that's when you play yeah. Freebird or Stairway to Heaven, and you got that you know, yeah. nine, ten-minute song, and you got plenty of time to do whatever you need. I mean, this one, I think, is yeah. like five or five and a half minutes. So, Well, let's, you know. let's, just, say, let's just say if that, if that old stereo statesman could talk, I would blush. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. There we go. That's way too much information. It, it probably is. It is. It is. I should stop now. Yeah. I should stop. I mean, most people would think that, you know, we normally do a sports show here. But when Timmy B comes on, it takes all kinds of different directions, different highways <laughs> and highlights and lowlights and to the backwoods, did to the music venture. Did, did you want to ask me about that Red River rivalry game or no? I do. I do. Eventually. Eventually. But before yeah, I get yeah. to that, I got to go back to what was supposed to be like my first question was... Uh, Laramie, Wyoming. I still can't get over Laramie, Wyoming. I mean, how surprised were you to get this assignment? I, have you ever been, have you ever done a a game in Laramie before? No, no. So it's I mean, first. I'm used to seeing you in, in Alabama, Oklahoma, or Baylor, or Texas, <laughs> Big Twelve country. I, I'm not used to seeing you out here in the Mountain West. And if you're going to do Mountain West to me, B, come to UNLV, please. Well, let me let me just throw it out. Uh, there were no Pac-12 games available yeah. for Fox this weekend. Okay, there were none. Okay. okay. And so uh, that's probably part of it. Uh, the other part of it is it's a damn good game. It I is. mean, yeah. like I said, Wyoming is Wyoming's really good, and Fresno is undefeated and maybe even better than Wyoming. So uh, I'm thrilled because my mentor, my broadcasting mentor in sportscasting was the great Kurt Gowdy. Uh, the American sportsman and Kurt was a dear friend of mine who I looked up to all my life when I was growing up. And when I had a chance to meet him in 1982 at the final four in new Orleans, his PR people called me up from the American sportsman and said, Kurt Gowdy's coming in to work the final four with Kay Wood Ledford on CBS radio. Would you like to have him on your show? Oh, wow. I mean, after I picked up my jaw off the floor, <laughs> I was like, about, I, uh, yeah, Absolutely. And I had him on the show. He did a full hour with me that night. It was the Friday before the Saturday final four, which of course was the Jordan, uh, mm-hmm. Georgetown, Louisville, Houston with five slamma jamma. Akeem was the front, all that and Louisville. Okay. That was the final four that year. And, um, uh, we, during the conversation that we had, he was already given a little bit of a heads up about me because my old radio station manager in Baton Rouge, I sent him some cassette tapes of my work calling high school football, which I had been decorated for in the state of Louisiana as the top play-by-play broadcast, which was, you know, I was selected over both LSU, Tulane, other college uh, broadcasters. And that was a thrill, but I was waiting for that big break. And so I, um, I mentioned to him that, you know, I had named my little brother Kurt after him. And he looked at me like I was just lying through my teeth. Like, you know, don't BS a BS or Tim. I said, Mr. Gowdy, I'm serious. I, I named my little brother after you because it was a Catholic family. My older sister is six years older than me. I'm going to be, I was going to be nine years, excuse me, I was going to be 11 years older than this 
brother of mine, who, by the way, has since passed away, unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, but was, was, was going to, I said, I'm going to name him Kurt. If, it, if, it, if, the, if the child had been a girl, my sister would have named the child. Um, but it was an, oh, by the way, Catholic, uh, late birth. Okay. My mom was over 40 years old at the time. And so, uh, <laughs> he said, your kid, I said, well, do you, would you mind if I got him on the phone with you? Because he's back home in Shreveport. He's in, um, he's in school. And I want to say I was, uh, I was 26. So my brother Kurt was, uh, 14 and I called the, the house and I got him on the phone and, when Mr. Gowdy got on the phone, and my little brother knew that that was Kurt Gowdy, but I'm uh, hearing his voice, he kind of lost it too. And then Kurt turned to me, and he was crying. Uh, tears were welling up because what I told him was the truth. He thought I was timing him. It was uh, so he asked me for breakfast the next morning at the Hyatt Regency across from the dome, and we had about a three-hour breakfast, and it began a great relationship, and and. Uh, Every year at the Final Four, until he stopped traveling because of his health, we would always have breakfast on the Friday before the Final Four. So uh, this is where he went to school. He was a basketball All-America and a tennis All-America yeah. at the University of Wyoming. And they have a state park that I'm going to go visit tomorrow. It's about 15 miles outside of uh, Laramie, off the campus. So I'm psyched to be here. I- I'm as excited about this game as any game I've done this year. And that makes or maybe any. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense, Tim. And again, yeah, I, I can still envision seeing the old footage of Kurt Gowdy with that cowboy hat on. And yes, he's Mr. <laughs> Wyoming. No question. Yeah. Uh, out on the Snake River, out on the Snake River, fly fishing with Phil Harris. Yeah. While, while, while Phil is drinking some wild turkey. Uh, I mean, that was living, man. Uh, great <laughs> stuff, my friend. Great stuff. All right. Yes. Oklahoma, Texas, the the Texas State <laughs> Fair. I, I don't know even how yeah. to segue or transition into that. My but... state fair is a great state fair, and it's a great state fair to me. My first college football game to be attendance uh, in with with my dad was the 1962 uh, OU Texas game on State Fair weekend. That's what we all called it. Yeah, back in those days. Give me a corn dog. And, Let's go. Uh, oh my God, it was just a, and you dressed up. By the way, <laughs> I mean you had a suit and tie on in those days when you went to the game and they were filming that year. You can look this up the movie state fair. Okay. A musical with, uh, Ann Margaret, Pat Boone, Bobby Darren and Sandra D Bobby Darren fell in love with Sandra D shooting that movie. They were shooting it during state fair weekend. When OU played Texas in 1961, it was released in 62. You can Google it and see it. It, uh, I'll never forget. That uh, that every time I see the movie, it takes me back to that time in my life. Wow. Um, unbelievable to be in that crowd when you're six years old, and really not have a dog in the hunt, not care who wins, and watch the OU people and the Texas people go at one another. And in those days, it was in a very respectful, buttoned-up way. It's a little different now, obviously, but I, I think Texas is the best team in America right now. I've got them number one in my poll, and I think they have. Uh, the most talent on both sides of the ball. Uh, uh, that was a good Kansas team that they boat raced in the second half last week. Uh, Leipold's got a good team at KU. Yeah, uh, this is not your this is not your mommy and daddy's Kansas, and they they beat them pretty badly in the late stages of third and fourth quarter. Oklahoma, I'm not so sure about TC. I, they they're okay. Uh, Dylan Gabriel's playing a lot better, 
They seem to have uh, a better. He seems to have a better relationship with his wide receivers. There were all kinds of problems a year ago, and their defense is playing better. This is the game that sort of, and this is the week really that I think uh, with Oklahoma Texas being the bell cow. This is the week where we begin to separate pretenders from contenders. Okay, both in that game, in the Alabama A and M game. Which I think A and M can win. In fact, I'll tell you right now. I think A and M wins. Ooh, Mark okay. it down. All right. October fifth. Rando said, uh, <laughs> "A flying ointment game will determine who gets it." New Year's six, and A uh, and M is going to beat Alabama. Uh, Rando saying Gigum. He's saying Gigum right now. And and the other game that I really think is going to be a barometer game, Georgia. Yeah. I it, mean, is there is there a more boring number one in both the AP and the college football? I agree. I mean, they played nobody. I know. Okay. And, and last week against Auburn, the final, you know, finally they play somebody, you know, a second tier team with Hugh Freeze in his first year. And if, if Brock Bowers doesn't make a bunch of plays, they don't beat Auburn. I know. At Auburn. I know. And then Kentucky. So, I mean, how know, good is Kentucky? I mean, Kentucky looks Kentucky's real good right really now. Good. Yeah. Kentucky. Yeah. They're really good. Yeah. And I think that defense, that uh, Mark Stoops trots out there can throttle them, and I think he can find a way to force Georgia to find somebody else to beat them with other than Bowers, who right now looks to be the only playmaker. I mean, I don't see a running back, nor do I see a wide receiver that's of the same caliber of, of, of the guys that were playing for Georgia last year. And Carson Beck has not been the most accurate passer among uh, all the uh, wonder kids coming into college football this year. I think they're vulnerable. I really do. Um, I don't know that Kentucky will win it. I'm not going to pick a Kentucky win, but I will tell you, I think they get pushed, and it's not going to shock me uh, if Kentucky wins. So those are the three that kind of jump out at me. Um, Maryland and Ohio State, that's another one, pretender, contender. In the past, Maryland would be a team that would pull an El Foldo in a game like this in Columbus. But you know what? The Tagovailoa kid is throwing it pretty well. Lockley seems to now at this stage, and he normally does get it done this deep. You know, he's got a few years of recruiting under his belt. And uh, the Buckeyes have been, let's just say they're the northern version of Georgia at best. Should have lost to Notre Dame and uh, have not been that impressive to me. So look out for Maryland to uh, maybe cover the spread uh, in Columbus. There it is. I know. I was looking at that game as well, too. Those are the four games I wanted to talk with you about, and you just nailed it, my friend. All right, my friend. Enjoy your time in Laramie. Uh, I know there's a good steakhouse there, okay? I, there's, there's supposed yeah. to be a good steakhouse probably right near your hotel, okay? I I, need, I well, can't remember the name of the place. I've never been to Laramie. but Well, let me just say this. Having been in Laramie for about three and a half hours, yeah. I can tell you that every place in Laramie is close by or Memorial State. <laughs> and, and, and I even did a little homework before uh, we, we came on today, and I, and I called Kevin Kruger, the UNLV head coach. I said, Kevin, get, give me give me your go-to spot. And he goes, I can't remember the name of that steakhouse, but it's pretty darn good. And I can guarantee you, with me not even being there, they have an, a menu item saying called the Cowboy Steak. I'm sure they have a Cowboy Steak. <laughs> Doesn't everybody? <laughs> right? Absolutely. Yeah, brother. I appreciate the time as always, man. Great stuff. Great reminiscing with you. I'll be watching yeah. you uh, on Saturday night, my friend. And uh, we'll talk. Keep real being soon. bad to the phone, CC. You're the best. Thank you, brother. There it is.
How did he know? How did he know that that was my theme song when I first started my sports talk radio career? Was bad to the bone. Talk about this. Unbelievable. Going by our first. Attaboy, Timmy B.